You're listening to the Radical Disruption Podcast with Maya Nicole, nursing student turned multi-six-figure online entrepreneur. Here we talk all things real and raw when it comes to entrepreneurship and what it really takes to get to the next level. Leave the small biz talk at the door and buckle up for the tangible, tactical, and actionable steps that will help guide you in building a disruptive business. Let's dive into the show. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Radical Disruption. I honestly don't have anything to share in this intro, no updates, alerts, anything like that. So I'm just going to jump straight into today's episode, which is 10 simple ways to improve customer experience. Number one, welcome emails with tips on how to get the most out of the offer. Are you selling a course where you recommend going through certain trainings first before others? Let them know in the welcome email. Or do you have calls or different trainings that are dropped on certain days or times? Let them know in the welcome email. Do you have a large offer that can often overwhelm people? Maybe giving them steps on how to break it down into bite-sized pieces is going to be something that is really, really helpful, even something that they can work through on a weekly basis. Let them know how to consume your offer inside of the welcome email. Does your platform offer any fun features for students like an app that they can download on their phone for easy access to the offer or listening on two or three or four times speed? (laughs) Four times speed. Okay, if you've ever listened to anything on four times speed, basically a different language. I'm going to call my mom out here. She loves listening to audiobooks and she is the queen of audiobooks. And she will sometimes all hop in the car and, you know, it automatically connects and it will start playing these audiobooks that she's listening to. There have been several times where I legit thought that she was listening in a different language. But no, it was just on I don't think it was four times speed. That's a little exaggeration, but I think it was like three times speed or maybe even like two and a half times speed. It literally sounded like a different language. I was like, what are you listening to? So uh, shout out to all of you out there who listen to trainings, episodes, books, whatever it is at two or more speed. Actually, I I would say 2.5 or more speed. I listen to some things at two speed, depending on who's talking. If the person's a fast talker, you can't listen to it on two times speed. But if they're like, you know, just an average paced talker, then yeah, you can listen to it on two times speed. But anything like 2.5 or above or the people who are like hitting like that four times speed, I'm like, how are you actually getting anything out of that? Or is it actually going into your brain like it sounds as if, you know, it sounds like gibberish. So anyways, though, if the platform that you use to give that offer to your clients has different options for listening speeds. That's often enticing. Like I've literally had students who have reached out to me and they said, hey, can I listen to this training on 2x speed? And I'm like, yeah, you can. (laughs) I'm also someone who most of the time I'm talking pretty fast, but I do also get it that there are definitely certain people who talk very slow like this. And you're like, how do you even get through anything. And those people, yeah, listen to them on four times speed because it probably sounds like they're talking normally. Anyways, tip number one is your welcome email. 
let people know how to get the most out of the offer, all the details that they need to know. And something else you can include in this welcome email too, before I move on to tip number two, is the terms of use. So if you want to remind them of, you know, the terms that they agreed to, you can include that in the welcome email with a little link. And then of course, it's always good to have the login link for them to actually be able to access the offer or even just the link. Like if it's unlisted YouTube link or something like that, that they can access the offer in. Having that inside the welcome email, obviously very important. All right, number two. Reminder emails and texts before live calls with an easy access link to join. So if you are hosting live trainings like a live program or master classes or one-on-one coaching or, you know, mini minds that have a live aspect to them, make sure that you have an automation set in place to remind the students of the live calls. Yes, share the details and the dates on the checkout page. Share that same information again in the welcome email with links share it in multiple places, share it inside of the offer. But guess what? Life gets busy. So a little reminder email and or a text is really, really nice with an easy access link to be able to join. Even if they already have it in their calendar, they're probably digging through their email to find the link to join or digging through, oh, I remember, you know, there's a login that I have to go and, you know, log into this offer and then find it in this offer to get the link to be able to join. Just make it really easy for them. And also, again, it's just convenient and helpful at the end of the day. So making sure that you have those go out. For me personally, I have mine go out four hours before the live will take place. So if you're inside of one of my programs, there's a live call. You're going to get an email four hours before and it says, hey, you know, this call is coming up at XYZ time. Here's the link to join via Zoom. And then here's where you're going to be able to find the recording afterwards. Sometimes there's other information that I want to give them like updates or, you know, date changes to future trainings, things like that. That's all included inside of that email. When I very first started doing one-on-one coaching, I had a bunch of people who were not showing up to the calls and I was having to reschedule. It was just a pain in the butt. Once I set up email and text reminders, I've only ever had, knock on wood, two no-shows, and that is after doing hundreds of coaching calls. So the reminder emails and texts, they actually work. Again, life just gets busy. They could they could have it in their calendar. I've had stuff in my calendar that I've forgotten. Uh, I even just had that just the other day. I brought on a guest speaker to IG University. It's in my calendar. I knew that it was happening. I even looked at my calendar that day, and I knew the call was happening. And I just forgot. But if I had had a text message to myself reminding me of my own call, (laughs) then I would have remembered. So again, life just gets busy. Things happen. People forget. But with this as well, um, especially around one-on-one coaching, make sure that your cancellation and rescheduling policy is clear upon the person purchasing, like in the actual contract, as well as in the welcome email and in the reminder emails too. So that way you're not running into a bunch of issues with people trying to reschedule and cancel or people trying to cancel or reschedule within like two hours of the call, which is, in my opinion, that's a big no-no. At least have a 72-hour or at least a 48-hour rescheduling policy where they have to reschedule within 48 hours. That's just my personal preference, though. But definitely making sure that that's very, very clear, especially for one-on-one coaching. Obviously, for a group setting, like a program or a masterclass, people aren't going to be able to like say that they want to reschedule or cancel because, you know, it's a group offer. But for one-on-one coaching, that's important. All right, number three, unexpected gifts and bonuses. Have you ever purchased something, whether that be a digital product or a physical product, and the person that you purchased it from, they threw in a little freebie bonus, or maybe you got like a little discount code for your next purchase? Okay, it's the best feeling. 
you can't lie. You, it is the best feeling because you weren't expecting it. Even like the smallest little of things where it's like, oh, you threw in like a scrunchie and I'm like, oh, this is the best, you know, automatically I feel so special. Now, you don't have to do this for every offer. Definitely make sure that it makes sense in terms of like the profit from the offer that you are selling. But if it does make sense, then definitely implement this ASAP. And again, it doesn't even necessarily have to be like a free gift or like they're getting something for free. It could even just be a discount for, you know, a future offer that they could be purchasing from you, which that's, I mean, that's at least in my opinion, no, there's no downfall to that, right? Because they're going to hopefully be purchasing that and you're going to be making money and they might have not have purchased that otherwise had you given them the discount code. Or, you know, it makes them feel really special because maybe they wanted to purchase that and then, you know, now you're giving them a discount and they're even more excited to purchase it. But um, an example would be if you have an offer that is $5, in my opinion, it's not going to make sense to throw in a freebie or a bonus unless, you know, let's just say that $5 offer is a PDF guide and your freebie is like an extra tip, <laughs> then that, that might make sense. But if you have an offer that is a couple hundred or even a thousand dollars, then it probably makes sense to throw in a low cost bonus. And again, low cost being the key here. I'm not talking like you need to be dropping 50, 100, $150 per customer on, you know, giving these little bonuses and gifts. Like that's not at all what I'm saying. And remember, the goal here is to create a phenomenal customer experience so that they keep coming back, which then equals more money and easier money because it's easier to retain a client than to find a new one. And it's actually cheaper as well if you're talking in terms of like marketing costs. That's kind of the whole point here is, you know, it's not just the fact of, oh, well, now I have to give up this amount of money. It's like you're giving them this little bonus, which hopefully will then help retain them as a customer and continue to make you more money from that person in the future. That's kind of the goal there. And of course, like I'm not saying the only like the only thing that you should be focused on is money of course, like just give to give. But that is like, if you're looking from like the business strategy perspective, that is why that's important. Number four, showing your customers and your students and your clients, whatever term you use, showing them that they are not just a number. Ultimately, there's a bunch of different ways that you can do this. And none of them are necessarily better than others, in my opinion. So it just really depends on what feels best for you and what makes sense in terms of the volume of new people coming into your world and the again the cost of the offer if you have a high volume offer then maybe it's something as simple as writing new students names on a sticky note putting it on your wall and then maybe posting that on stories and saying how excited you are maybe you have a video that runs through each of the names inside of there and you know you're like 83 people inside or even you know, as new people join, you can specifically call out their names and say, you know, Mara and um, Johnny and Deb just joined. And then you have, you know, you show a little cute little video or even just a picture of their name on a sticky note. I do this if you haven't seen my wall. And then what are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, go look on my Instagram account. You can see my sticky note wall on um, basically in all of my reels. So I do that very intentionally. It's not just oh, to have, you know, decorations on my wall, or it's not just to show people how many students are inside of my offers. I mean, yes, there's that marketing benefit of like showing that and like people having FOMO, but that's not the purpose of why I do it and not my intention behind it. My intention is it's taking me a lot of time. It, some of my offers, like for example, scalability, that's the one that's currently on my wall right now, 82 people inside of scalability 
I had to sit down and I had to scroll through Kajabi, look at their name, write their name down, put it on. It takes time. It's not like I'm not complaining about that. It's again, the intention behind it. It's me recognizing the person as not just a number to me, but like really taking the time to get to know their name, to look at their name, to um, I'll even pray over my students who are coming inside of my offers and also just to give them a little thank you. Like I literally will say thank you when I'm putting the sticky notes up on my wall. That to me is, and again, like to a student who joins my offer, they might not think anything of it. But for me, it's the intention behind really knowing that people are not just a number to me. And I really want to make that known to my students as well. So again, if you have a high volume offer, that might make sense. Now, if you have a low volume offer, and there's nothing wrong with a low volume offer, this could be usually that's a mid to a high ticket offer. You can write a handwritten note and send it to them in the mail, thanking them for supporting you and letting them know how excited you are to have them inside of the offer or something else that you could do as well. And I do this with my private clients. So my one-on-one coaching, as well as my mini mind, again, these are my lower volume types of offers as I will send them a bouquet or a custom gift. Some other ideas just in general, whether it's high or low volume, you could post in a Facebook group page every week about the new members that you've welcomed in call them out by name. You could even collect like their photos and you could feature them in that sense. You could do a new member spotlight on your Instagram stories each week. So maybe you have like an application process and your students inside of your offer can maybe fill out that short application to be able to, you know, be featured on your Instagram stories and you can feature them and tag their Instagram account or you can even just share their picture and just thank them for being inside the offer. Another idea could be you could offer new students the opportunity to do a podcast episode or maybe a a live on Instagram with you to increase their exposure. Again, to recap, number four, showing them that they are not just a number to you. So whatever that looks like, again, there's no right or wrong answer here. You got to do what feels best to you. But really, really, again, focusing on the person behind it versus just the number. Number five, handling complications and issues tech issues especially with responsibility. I'm going to give you a few statistics here when it comes to customer support, customer service. I'll also say where these specific statistics came from because these are not just off the top of my head. Sometimes I will throw random Maya stats at you and usually I say this is from my brain. This is not actually a stat. This is my guess. (laughs) These ones, these are actually legit. 68% of consumers say that they are willing to pay more for products or services from a brand known to offer good customer service experiences. And that's from HubSpot. For 86% of people, good customer service turns one-time clients into long-term brand champions. And that's from Koros. 89% of consumers are more likely to make another purchase after a positive customer service experience. And that's from Salesforce Research. 93% of customers are likely to make repeat purchases with companies who offer excellent customer service. That's from HubSpot Research. If the company's customer service is excellent, 78% of consumers will do business with them again, even after a mistake. That's from Salesforce Research. Increasing customer retention rates by just 5% can increase profits by between 25% and 95%. That's from Bain and Company. Nearly three out of five consumers report that good customer service is vital for them to feel loyalty towards a brand. And that's from Zendesk. 
So anyways, those are just a bunch of stats. And if you're not a stats person, totally just ignore that. But if you are a stats person like me, where you like to know the numbers, super, super, super interesting. The one that sticks out to me the most is if a company's customer service is excellent, 78% of consumers will do business with them again, even after a mistake. So number five, in terms of what we're talking about, is handling complications and issues, tech especially with responsibility. And so with your customer service, whether that means it's you or whether that's a team, if you are to that level to have a team, then that's great. But no matter who it is, handling those complications, whatever's coming up. So if a customer comes to you and they're like, hey, I can't log in or, hey, you know, I purchased this, but I don't have access to it. What's going on? Or, hey, cancel, you know, this payment or, hey, I have a question about this or, hey, whatever it is that they're coming to you, handle that with responsibility. And I think I said this last week in how I navigate that part two, but I was talking about how the customer is always right. And that's how you want to go into those conversations. And again, when the customer is right, you're taking responsibility, right? So always approaching that with as much positivity as possible. And if you're having a bad day, maybe it means not responding to it right then. But I would also say as well, when it comes to complications and issues, trying to get back to those as quickly as possible. I'm not saying that, you know, if you're on vacation, you have to get back to them within one minute (laughs) by any means. Um, Or, you know, if you have a team of people, they could obviously handle that if you're on vacation. But, you know, you do want to have good customer service and good customer service is having good response times, in my personal opinion. Okay, number six, giving homework after trainings so your customers know what to implement. If you want them to take action and see results, make it easy for them to know what to do after watching your trainings. I like to say this about Instagram content, but the same is very much applicable to your offers as well. You want to aim to give your students something tangible in each training. So something that they can walk away and implement right then, or at least start to implement because some things take time and that's totally fine. And then begin to see results. This doesn't mean that if you teach something that is like a long-term commitment or transformation that you have to change everything in terms of the way that you teach your trainings and like what you are teaching inside of your trainings. I'm just saying that you should focus on giving people very simple things that they can implement into their life after each training. And this doesn't have to be like revolutionary. Like I'm not talking like, you know, something super insane in terms of homework. It could literally be something as simple as write down three things that you're grateful for today. That could be the homework after that training video. Or it could be take the time to figure out what your why is. That could be the homework. Or it could be journal about some, all these things. I don't know why. When I give examples, they're literally just right off the top of my head. And sometimes they're the most random examples. I guess I'm really thinking about journaling and writing at this point because I just gave you three examples of that. But it could also be other things as well where it's like, you know, change out the call to action statement in your bio. It doesn't have to be change your entire bio. It could literally just be change out the call to action statement in your bio. That's something that's one line, very simple for them to do, right? So thinking about those tangible things that they can take away and implement. And the reason why this is really, really important is because when they get those quick wins, and again, this is the same thing with your Instagram content, when people can walk away and implement something and they can see a quick win from that. And again, a win doesn't mean like they have a full transformation. It could be as something as simple as, oh, I changed out the call to action in my bio. I did something. I feel successful from that. The more quick wins that they have, the more that they're going to want to continue consuming your trainings. And also as they're consuming those trainings, they're hopefully going to continue implementing these these uh, challenges or these homeworks that you're giving them. 
And with that as well, they're going to see more bigger transformation, right? And so that's kind of the whole point of that. It's not just beneficial for you because you're going to be able to have clients who give way better reviews and testimonials because they're having way better transformations and testimonials because they're actually going through the offer and implementing things. But it's also really beneficial for your students because they're actually seeing results from what you're what it is that you're teaching. All right, number seven. This is the one that I got ahead of myself, but it ties back into what I was talking about in number five. And that comes with quick response times for customer support. So how quickly are you and your team or just you getting back to people's inquiries, needs, and support questions? So one time, (laughs) this is not a joke. One time I emailed someone because I wanted to have them on as a guest speaker inside of, uh, I think it was inside of IG University. And after I hit send, I got a automated email that popped up which is totally fine. That's not the issue. You'll hear the issue in just a second. And inside the automated email, it said that I could expect to hear back from someone within two weeks. Two weeks. No joke. I was like, that is absolutely insane. And obviously set boundaries and do what is best for you. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like if that works best for you and like you're growing and your business is growing, like again, disregard what I said, discernment with everything that I say. But my opinion, two weeks. I'm like, that's that's a little little bit much. And if you take two weeks to respond, hire someone. It's worth hiring someone that could even respond within four days. Four days is better than two weeks. But I personally think that a great response time is two to three business days. Even better if it can be sooner, but also don't Overpromise to people. Don't be like, oh, yeah, I'll get back to you within 24 hours. And then you don't get back to them within 24 hours because that causes issues too. So don't overpromise. But I think that two to three business days is very, very reasonable, right? Because business days means that you might not respond on the weekends. That's totally fine, totally understandable. Again, set boundaries. But I was just appalled when I got that email back and I was like, two weeks? You've got to be joking me. I don't know. In my head, it felt like a year. But now that I'm saying it out loud, it's not that long. But but also for a business, that is kind of a long time. Like, I don't know if you've ever been on the other end, not just for, you know, uh, this example, like what I just shared where I was trying to book a guest speaker. But I don't know if you've ever been on the other end of it where, you know, you have purchased a product and you've got this product and maybe it was broken or something was wrong with it. And you're trying to wait, you're emailing customer service or support or trying to contact them. And it's like taking them forever to get back to you every single day that goes by. Like when that happens to me, I'm like, I'm more and more and more and more disappointed. Like, for example, uh, one I ordered from Amazon, it was the spice kit. And you saw I posted on stories about this, but I ordered the spice kit and the jars came and the jars were great. So I have no complaints about that. But the labels that were supposed to go on the jars that told me what spices were, you know, in each of the jars it didn't come. And so I emailed customer support and I was very, very friendly. They actually got back to me within like, like six hours. When they got back to me, they were like, oh yeah, like, we'll you know, send a replacement ASAP. It'll get to you like within the next few days. So I'm like checking my mailbox, like waiting, waiting. Okay. Three days goes by. I'm like, okay, well, you know, a couple days means different things to different people. Okay, a week goes by. I'm like, okay, man, we're this is a long time. Two weeks goes by. And I'm like, are you joking me? So I reach back out and they don't get back to me when I reach back out again in that same email thread. They don't get back to me for five days. And I just started to get really upset. And so at that point, I took things into my own hands and I created my own labels. 
And then what ended up happening is literally like three weeks from the day that I reach out to them, they finally actually sent a replacement. And then it got to me like three days after that, I think. So anyways, it was like basically three and a half weeks from the time that I chatted with them that it actually came. And at that point, I had already taken things into my own hands. And I was like, I'm so frustrated. So anyways, that's just my story. But when it comes to customer support, you know, quick response times and handling things with responsibility, I think is so, so, so important as business owners. Number eight, easy access to the offer. I don't know about you, but I have purchased a few different offers in the past where I literally, literally could not figure out how to access the offer. And I mean, I'm a pretty like tech savvy person couldn't figure it out. You know, I checked my spam, I checked my promotions email, and then I was like, wait, maybe I typed in the wrong email, but then I also sometimes like I'll get the receipt, but then I won't get like the email where it tells me how to actually log in. So I'm like, wait, I got the receipt, so I didn't type in the you know wrong email. Anyways, so then I had to reach out and I had to wait for them to give me a response. You know, it, it just took time. So you want to make sure that it's very very clear in the welcome email or even on the thank you page, or both would be ideal, how the customer can access the offer because easy access equals happy customer. And I would say even better if you use a platform like Kajabi where you can let your customer know that they can download the app on their phone or download a app like the Kajabi app on their phone and access the offer from that app, which is easy on the go access. So it's not just necessarily like how to initially access the offer after purchasing, but also how can they easily access that offer like long-term as they go through that offer. So you want to make sure that there's easy access. And this is just my personal opinion. Like if you're starting out your business and this makes sense for you, then that's great. Like I'm not trying to call you out and say that you can't do this. But what I see a lot of times is people will have, you know, a, a link and they'll have a checkout link via Stripe. And that Stripe checkout link will allow people to pay. And then what they'll do is they'll send people a like a link to a Google Drive where the trainings are inside of this Google Drive. That's not necessarily bad, right? Like obviously you're still delivering the trainings, but how convenient is it for someone to go and actually like find the thing that they are looking for, which is going to be the training that they purchase? Because I don't know about you, but my Google Drive, it's full of things. And yes, I can search for certain things, but also I have like multiple emails so then I have like multiple Google drives because of that. And it's just, it's just hard to find things. So that's why I believe that platforms like course hosting platforms like Kajabi or Teachable or whatever it is, where people can log into a portal and have access, it makes it easier for the customer. And so I think that it's worth paying for a platform. It's not just the way that you deliver it, but like for customer experience, that's why I think that it's the most important thing is because it makes it easier for your customer. Yes, it's going to cost you more upfront, but customer experience is so important. And if you want to have those repeat customers, those people who keep purchasing from you, you want to make sure that their experience is good, right? So part of that is making sure that it's easy to access the offer. Number nine, follow up emails to check in on progress and remind your customers or students or clients of what they should be doing. If you are doing a live offer, especially something that is multiple weeks long, make sure that you're sending check-in emails to not just track progress, but to get feedback on how things are going. This is also really, really great for one-on-one coaching, especially one-on-one coaching that's more of a long-term container. Now, if it's just a one-time, like one hour or 30 minutes, um, if it's more of a long-term thing, like a one month, three months, six months, so on and so forth type of container, definitely be sending in check-in emails. 
And in these follow-up emails, you could remind your students of homework that you might have given in the past. It could be any timelines that they need to make sure that they're submitting things on or, you know, uh, doing certain challenges maybe. Uh, It could be reminders of upcoming calls or deadlines that are coming up, including even like when the container is ending, when they need to submit, you know, different forms to be able to get feedback or get access to different bonuses or something along those lines. So those follow-up emails, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, hi, I'm checking in. Can you leave a review? (laughs) I mean, obviously those check-in emails can be really great to get reviews, but they are not the only purpose of those follow-up or check-in emails. All right, number 10 is offboarding email with next steps and a recap. Honestly, I cannot even begin to explain how important this is and how overlooked this part is in the customer journey and also with customer experience. Yes, it is great for you to collect a testimonial, but that is not the only reason why (laughs) it's important for there to be an offboarding system. Why it's important for your customer is because they get to share about the things that they would like to see in the future, and you get to share with them what next steps they should take. So this can be a recap on maybe everything that they learned, uh, you know, maybe even giving a whole list of all the homework that you might have given out during your time with them or inside of the program, where it's kind of, you know, again, just a recap of everything, summary of everything. And on top of that, what they should implement, I guess the homework would be like what they should implement, but also um, it can also be what steps you recommend them taking next in terms of offers that you would recommend them joining. So you know, after a program, it's like, okay, you joined this program. What's that next step? You can include that in the offboarding emails. Also, offboarding emails help prevent awkward situations where people continue asking questions even after the offer is over. So if you've ever experienced that, I have, I've experienced that where, you know, your one-on-one client comes back to you or even people inside of a program and they're like, continuing to ask you questions. You're like, I don't even know how to navigate this because the container's over. But also it's awkward because I didn't really tell them the container was like officially over. You know, like I sent like a little testimonial form, but like I didn't really like officially say our time is done. So offboarding, really, really powerful because there's an official close off to the offer. And something else in offboarding, I mean, there's a bunch of different things with offboarding, but something else in uh, offboarding is you can even add in another bonus here, like a uh, Starbucks drink on you if they fill out a certain form, like a feedback form or a testimonial or review form, or you could give them like a discount for the offer that you recommend them joining next if they join within a certain amount of time frame. Or it could even just be a simple PDF checklist that includes all the homework from the trainings. So again, that they have that tangible list of things that they can implement. They can walk away knowing, okay, well, you know, we learned these things. Here's the homework on these things. And here's why I should implement them ultimately. So you've learned about 10 different things in the customer experience and improving customer experience. Now, my challenge for you, take one of these 10 tips and implement it into your business this month within the next 30 days. Now, note, I did not say take all 10 of these and implement all of them within the next month. I said take one of them and implement one of them in your business within the next month. And remember, it's the small things that really, truly do make a big difference in your business. Thanks for tuning in. 
If this episode has served you in any way, I'd love it if you shared what you've learned, any aha moments that you may have had, or something that you loved, and tag me on Instagram at Maya Nicole. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review so that we can continue to learn and grow together. Thank you so much for your support. I love you, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.